0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the DivinalDeathStoreProds.com Anime and Manga Podcast of 2016. As always, I'm your host, today, Dead Man. For today, we have Cora.
1: Hello.
0: And Birdie. Hi. Got ourselves a full house for the first time in a while.
1: <sighs> oh, that is a... Actually, no, I was about to make a joke regarding uh, the... Whatever the name of Robin Thicke's father was, but he wasn't on Full House. He was on something else, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, the. Uh, <sighs> Growing Pains, I think. Growing Pains, yeah, that's what it was.
1: Okay. Mr. By the way, Thicke. poorly timed. Yeah. Who died. May he apparently. rest in peace.
2: No, the star of J-Pod. 2016. Yeah.
0: Anyway, i yeah, here to talk about stuff. I have a lot to talk about. You know what with this being the final podcast of the year for this for this series, I figured I should watch basically nothing.
2: <laughs> yeah. I probably could have watched something, but the one thing I decided to watch drained me of the energy to watch other stuff. And what I would that don't be, Bertie? I hate
1: it as much as you do, but okay. <laughs>
0: And what show might that be, Birdie?
2: Okay, so sometimes Core and I make the mistake of talking about anime outside of the podcast. And that doesn't always end well. And (laughs) I think either last night or the night before, we were... He was, of course, working on a very unfortunate anime that we reviewed. And he was comparing it to another anime that he liked and I despise. Called, uh, I believe the Japanese title is Gakko Gurashi, but the anglicized title is School Live. Yep. How ironic, given that it's a show about Slice of Life in the zombie apocalypse.
0: It's almost like it was
1: intentional. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that uh, this is a masterpiece or anything like that. I think it functions well enough and plays with its sub-genre enough to be interesting. I think... Birdie disagrees with me. Yeah, (sighs) he talked to
0: me a bit about this last night after we recorded Krampus.
1: (laughs) How far did you watch, by the way? Uh, I was able
2: to convince myself to watch three episodes, and... Ah.
1: He got to where I originally dropped the series... And, again, dropping me dropping a series is never an indication of quality. It's just an indication of, hey, he stopped watching that series.
0: I think I also yeah, dropped it felt- around episode three, too.
1: Yeah, episode three is not a great point, but I do actually... Like, I, I think I rewatched episode three, and that was okay. And then episodes four, five, and six were actually pretty damn good. But I, I understand your problems with the series. I just feel that they don't undermine it for me as much as they, as much as it does for you.
0: So, for the uninitiated, what is school Live, Bernie?
2: I just explained it. It's a bunch of girls live it. That at the beginning of the first episode, you're under the impression that their club activity is just to live in the school at all times, but at the end of the episode, it's revealed, Oh, it's the zombie apocalypse and they're all trapped in there. But one girl has gone cuckoo for Cocoa puffs and the rest of the girls are kind of playing along with her delusions to keep her from just breaking down, maybe committing suicide or something, which I wouldn't be upset about.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, I'll say this, so... like, as, like
0: as a setup for a story story, like, as said for, like, an anime kind of thing, I don't mind it. But if this was just a straight zombie thing, yeah, she needs to die.
1: Okay, there are a few things. I actually, one thing I will give the show credit for is when they start going into the flashbacks, they really do actually do a decent job of justifying why they have not tried to confront her delusion. Oh, no, because- no. Because
2: I, I, I am not saying that I don't get the choices made with the story structure. I'm saying I despise her.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> I... Because every to- everything interesting about this series is undercut by her. <laughs> mm. Because, okay, I've, this is another thing Cora and I have discussed. I have kind of a personal distaste for this sub-genre. Like, just in general, I'm not the biggest fan of cute girls doing cute thing anime. Okay. And, This is a pretty stereotypical example of the genre aside from its one twist.
1: I, okay, I'm going to actually just have to outright disagree because stuff happens in this show. Like, there are legitimate plot developments and occurrences that influence what's going on. They are not just sitting around the, like, I've only watched the first six episodes, so I'm not talking about the entirety of the series, and I know I'm coming at this from a place of having seen twice as much of it as you have, but shit does happen.
0: And like even in those disagree- like even in those first three I'm episodes, dis- there were elements of that, like like hints and beginnings of like really deep character backstories and stuff. Like not not really deep, yeah, but no, deep from I'm, what the show was. I'm,
2: I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying the way they choose to tell this story pretty much derails it.
1: But you called it a cute girls doing cute things series, and that the fact that stuff happens negates that label.
2: <sighs> okay, but like that's <sighs> It's it K-On it's not-
1: is cute girls doing cute things. Now maybe there's plot and can I could not be asked to finish the first episode to try and figure it out. <laughs> but I did not get the impression that this was going anywhere that was going to interest me. And see, here's the
2: thing. Third episode is a good example of why I did this year, watching just three episodes of this felt like tooth-pulling. The first half to two-thirds of it is backstory on the teacher and the last day on Earth before everything went to shit. That works okay. You get some decent character writing, you get insights into the characters, you realize that Yuki was always as fucking annoying as she is now, just even before she was insane. Um, But then you cut back to the actual story of the four girls just living... And the pacing, the the dialogue, the characterization, and so much of it being tied to Yuki is so aggravatingly dull that it was like tooth pulling. I'd never seen in a series where the last third of an episode made me want to scream.
1: Fucking end. <laughs> I yeah, I don't get that. But um. You see, here's the thing: I have to
2: care about this kind, these kinds of characters. To like this kind of show. And while I like the kind of background characters. Too much of the series is focused on the one character I despise the most. So this series
1: is frustrating to me. Yeah I I don't get your hatred for her. I really don't. I I, I can see her being occasionally abrasive. I I don't dislike her even. I I much less hate her.
2: I am sick of the... Dumb flighty girl who is let to do whatever she wants because that's just the way she is i i'm I'm sick of that characterization, and I know that her acting like that is deliberate contrast to what's actually going on, and I'm sure that there is some dark payoff to the end of the series, which includes I'm fairly certain that the teacher was never alive over the course of the show just before it
1: uh no the yeah that was episode six, yeah. It's revealed that, yeah, the teacher is also a hallucination. And that her, the teacher's death was actually what caused her to crack psych- uh, psychologically.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that level of tragedy would be able to get me through the rest of the series. I don't know. Maybe watching them die would get me through the rest of the <laughs> it's just, I I don't know what... It, this shouldn't be this boring to me. It shouldn't be. I don't know why it is, because I'm I'm very tempted to watch this in opposition to another show that Cora and I have called one of the most boring anime we've both tried and failed to watch, Techno Lies, to see which one I find more dull.
1: Uh, wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just don't. Like I, I get your complaints for stuff like psychopaths. I don't. I don't even think psychopaths is all that good. But I, you know, I've been able to disagree with them, but still understand where you're coming from. Same goes for like Attack on Titan. This I don't see it. <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong. This isn't the anime where I think you know I draw draw the line in the sand again. I think it's good, not great, but. <laughs> I never found it boring either
2: see and i i as I explained except
1: the first episode I found that first episode kind of boring, but in some ways I felt that the payoff made it interesting in hindsight and I had fun looking back on all of the seemingly mundane events and applying the knowledge I now had to them. but I can understand again like if you if people don't like the first episode, I fully fucking get it yeah you see I'm I had, I, in fact, I remember Co- my review, and the entire point of my review was, uh, your mileage may vary.
2: <laughs> yeah, Cora watched the first episode, and, like, he showed us the first episode, and that was my initial turn-off to the series. I tr- I went back and watched it again, and I can see all the little hints at what was really going on. And I like all that, but the problem is... The core flaws I saw in that first episode don't disappear after the first episode, in my opinion, where it's just, it's paced too slow, the characterization is too basic for this kind of anime, despite the the different trends, and the only interesting character stuff happens whenever they don't focus on anything involving the main character, who sucks up more screen time than I think she deserves.
1: Well, here's actually one of the things that I find fascinating about the series is the logic of why they don't confront her with the truth. Because that was... K-Man also watched this first episode, and he was having none of it. And he hated the fact that they didn't try and confront her with the truth. Though, keep in mind, it turns out the teacher's not really there, so they're... She is actually the oldest character, and the other girls have no psychological background to try and deal with this. But even setting that aside, they reveal that one of the key reasons that they don't reveal the truth to her is because without her ridiculous optimism and insistence on all kinds of, essentially, activities and just keeping them engaged... They think they would probably be suicidal without her, and, and I, I get, find that to be a really interesting idea.
2: <laughs> I get that; it doesn't change the fact that I personally don't give a shit. Okay, and that's the that's my big problem with this series as a whole is I don't give a shit. Three episodes in. And the more I see of the main character, the less I give a shit. Because the ending is obvious. I'm not like I've seen I've seen reviews of this show, and they say it's more heartbreaking because you know what's coming. I'm kind of in the opposite camp where because I know what's coming and because I don't care about these characters, it feels like teeth pulling.
1: Ah, uh, man, I I'm surprised to the degree at which you don't like this series.
0: Me too, kinda. Well, I'm still here.
1: Because, again, I fully get someone not liking this series. It is again, a very Your Mileage May Vary series. Uh, And I could easily have seen myself not being engaged by it. But I was. And You're making this sound like maybe a 2 or 3 out of 10 series, and I'm like, I would not have expected this much disdain for it. I'm not sure if... Because, like,
2: pure quality levels, I think it's maybe a 5. It's just that this, this kind of series pokes all of my buttons in the wrong places. It's something that I personally detest, but that I can't really hate that much because of how, because I, I I see the good qualities in the characterization and the writing. It's just that because I personally don't give a shit, mm-hmm. I can't enjoy any of it. So I'm just, the only ways I can enjoy it is sort of to intellectually say, oh, that was a well-staged scene, or I like how they change up the opening as the series gets darker and darker to reflect the mood of the characters. Although that ending if that starts to get that opening starts to get more into tonal dissonance territory the longer it goes on with that happy go lucky theme i get the point yeah, in the first I, episode
1: I, just, I actually think that tonal dissonance works and there is actually a good uh one of the endings that they have the ending for episode 6 i do actually like the idea they have where it's showing scenes through, from throughout the first several episodes involving the teacher but in each scene she's fading out just showing the main character talking to herself and i do actually i really like the visuals of that oh i'm sure as an idea i was like oh that's
2: cool (laughs) i can see how that would be entertaining just but uh isn't for me okay because it's like it it's hard and to, I, if, I w- this kind I, of personal distaste for something is kind of hard to explain critically because I can see the good qualities it has, but I personally hate it. And there's been, like, there's, like similar, similar, similar series, like, I have problems with Attack on Titan that make it hard for me to get excited about the second season, and a lot of those problems are more personal problems. I don't know if they fixed those issues I had with the first season and the second season's run of Sierra stuff. I've considered going back and reading the manga. I just think the manga looks like shit even in later chapters. But it's just the I don't know. The the stuff with this kind of anime despite their twists on the and I don't know. It it feels like the narrative structure is like that first episode with its bait and switch. It feels like too much of the way the narrative plays out is based on the eventual pay- payoffs of that, of those baits and switches. And because I don't care about the characters and because I see most of those plot threads coming, I basically feel like I can't engage with it. So
1: well, uh, for the record, it was my decision to revisit the series cause I kind of wanted to reference it and something I was working on. And uh, so that that's what got it brought up, and we got into it back and forth on Facebook. What I have to say about the series is that, first of all, I think the best episodes that I've seen are the, sec- uh, the second set of three episodes. It's not to say you stopped it right before it got good. I, if you didn't like the first three, the second three might be better for you, but I don't think you'd enjoy them. But it does a good job, I feel, of showing the advantages of that character. How, even with her delusions, it's suggested that she is still, to some extent, aware of the situation she's in. She has acted rationally in when confronted with a horde of zombies. Though the aftermath later, it uh, it is not... There are clearly psychological backlashes. Like, she will have panic attacks, freak out. She is not stable, but she can respond rationally. And I like how they handle it. The other thing that I will say is, I do like the fact that even if you feel the series doesn't succeed, this is a zombie story that I don't think could be told effectively in any other medium. I I think that even if you don't feel it's told effectively here, it is distinctly anime. And I I like the idea of trying to create something new by playing to the strengths of the medium, even if it doesn't ultimately work for you. And I I do appreciate that kind of venture. And... Yeah, I think that it's got some merits. I'm probably going to stick with it some more because I, again, started rewatching it and I'm enjoying it uh, to a decent degree. I kind of spoiled the fact I, – I knew that the teacher died back from episode one just because I went to Wikipedia for casting information and names and stuff like that and saw, oh, the teacher dies. I don't think you even
2: need to spoil it. I thought it was pretty obvious by episode two. Because like I don't sure, know episode, if they, I don't like well, I don't know if they did it consistently, but there's little there's little touches that don't make much sense unless the character is dead. That they yeah. start to notice.
1: Well, they keep making like one of the things they, that I find interesting is again this is something that wouldn't work in any other medium. Uh, the main character keeps joking at how she has so about how the to- teacher has so little presence. Which is an interesting way to use a gag to play off what would otherwise be kind of obvious hints. And I I actually like that idea. (laughs) But by episode four, I was just outright positive. Oh, no, she's already dead because one of her students is the one driving the car. There is literally no logical reason why that would be the case unless she's a hallucination. Sure. And, like, details like that. She doesn't show up in scenes but then will randomly show up in another area even though there's no logical progression how she would have gotten there without us seeing her. Things like that. It's... I don't know. I I find the show interesting. I... If you don't, that's... Fine. Uh, again, this is not where I thought I'd be drawing the anime line in the sand. It's like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. How dare you think it's not pretty good? <laughs> 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 so yeah, I'm I'm not. I, I'm just surprised by the degree of divide in our opinions on it. That that's that's all. Yeah, it what is. It
0: is kind of mentioning? surprising. It is kind of surprising, though, that like. There's that big a divide with one side being that's pretty good.
2: <laughs> I don't think that the if I if we had to put ratings on the table, I don't think the, the the divide is that big. I think the lowest I would maybe give this is a four, and mm. that's if I was being particularly angry at it because like I don't I might watch more episodes just to see how generically boring the plot plays out. Like, if there's anything I don't call, I might give it more points. But so far, the plot's been too predictable throughout. And I just, and, uh, characterizations are too basic, and they're too easy to predict. And I don't like, really, any of these characters
1: specifically. And
0: just for clarification, like, when you say 4, you mean 4 on a 10 scale, because the website uses a 5 scale.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I was saying out of 10 earlier, so it was already clarified. I You're like
0: I. I kind of blacked out for a second.
1: Okay, yeah, I would lean towards a seven out of ten at the moment, but depending on how it progresses, I might actually raise that a little bit. So yeah, yeah. but what else have you been watching? Um.
2: Well, let's see. And an attempt to. Uh... Quell my anger by becoming more insane. I watched Flip Flappers.
0: (laughs) The fuck is Flip Flappers?
1: I talked about it previously, but I... (laughs) I only watched the first episode of that. It was one of those anime that I kind of wanted to keep up with, but I haven't really kept up with much of anything, Uh,
2: How How to describe this show? It's, uh... Uh... (sighs) Okay, so um, the main character is this blue-haired orange girl. I can't remember her name off the, the orange-eyed girl, not blue-haired orange. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. what the? Sorry, I was there's, like, there's, I didn't remember that.
2: There is a character in the la- later in the series who's actually bright orange in the fantasy world, so that's what distracted me for a moment. No, then at one day she meets a chick who's riding a hovering surfboard who has bright blue eyes and red hair.
0: Did you do a cut back uh, drop turn?
2: Uh, eventually, but first they had <laughs> to uh, go through the water drop dimensional portal inside the tree log she lives in into, uh, what, do you, what do they call it? Pure Illusion.
0: Into, right? into Land of tau in order to fight alongside the fucking, whatever those kangaroo warriors are called. I can't remember their names.
2: Yeah. Warriors of Virtue. So... I don't know why <laughs> that's a weird reference. I Okay, um Water Portal. So so the girl the the red haired blue eyed girl and the orange eyed blue haired girl end up in pure illusion in a world that looks like a winter wonderland, except except it's full of snow beasts that look like train cars covered in snow with eyes.
1: Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And, oh, and
1: the, don't forget the robot with a human brain.
2: Right, that occasionally speaks, but mostly uh, conveys information through emoticons. Yeah. And the blue-haired girl has a green rabbit-esque thing that occasionally turns into one of the warriors from *Of Virtue*. Now that I think about it, and <laughs> just dresses like Kamina.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that. Was that in the first episode?
2: No, that was in one of the later okay. episodes.
1: Okay. <laughs> I was... Yeah, that I did not remember. Yeah.
2: And there's a uh, Ku Klux Klan of robots that want to use Pure Illusion to uh, rebuild reality. So they're fighting for these portions of, I guess what they would call uh, dream stones, which allow the dream world to influence reality.
1: Oh, I actually remember what Dead Man liked most about this series when I told him about it. It was the fact that at the end of the first episode, the pink haired girl uh, or red haired girl tells the main character, will you join me and fight? And she goes, no, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want to do that again. It's like, no, yeah, fuck no, that no, shit. I wasn't... am
0: done. I need to go back to school. God damn it.
2: I am 14. Yeah, no. If she exactly. smiles at her and says, "Fuck
0: this." Yeah. <laughs> yeah the acoustic guitar kicks in. Just fuck this shit. I'm out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Dead Man had pretty much this reaction. He was really amused by that. <laughs>
0: yeah. What? No, How many fucking funny. times does that happen? Like, like you were, like you were talking about the fucking like flip on the head of the tropes in fucking school live. This is that. This is basically that. Just like. It's like, oh, some no, fucking magical I'm being. I'm not saying comes I
1: dislike it. Yeah. I just remember you really finding that amusing.
0: Yeah, just a magical being shows up and says, hey, will you come with me on this world of adventure and danger? And Maker's like, fuck no, bitch. I got shit to do. Yep. That could be a decent and... series, I think. Just the tale of the guy who refused to go on adventures. Just anime, yeah. keep, anime keeps happening around him, and he's just like trying to work at McDonald's. Oh, sorry, WackDonald's.
2: Sure. But, um... That needs to exist, right? uh, It's... The only way I can really describe the art style for this is if, um... Studio Trigger tried to translate uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales.
0: That sounds kind of amazing.
1: That's an interesting way of looking at it, I guess.
2: Yeah. And while there's stuff that looks more like, uh... Grimm's Fairy Tales, there's also a Mad Max episode, and then there's a Star Wars episode, and then the Machine Empire invades, and there's a Power Rangers episode. I don't know what this series is.
0: (sighs) (laughs) I had an image in my head of what it would look like for like a second. And then you mentioned the other shit. As soon as you said, oh, it's a Mad Max episode, that image is fucking shattered.
1: <laughs> see, my image of the series, based on the first episode, was completely unaltered with the knowledge that there's a Mad Max episode and a Star Wars episode and so on and so forth. It's like, you know, I see that.
0: Yep. I mean, visually an image, like, Like, grim fairy tales by way of trigger. I can't exactly translate that easily into Mad Max.
1: Come on, Mad Max had tons of triggers involved.
0: God damn it, Cora.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... The series is kind of... ladling out in small doses plot as it progresses and you see what characters are involved and what their various motivations are i still don't quite get how this world works all that well
1: okay a line just went through my head that actually kind of might describe this series a little too well adventure time the anime Uh, you see, small it's of plot from time to time. Very weird, kind of tonally dissonant episodes that are all over the place.
2: I, I don't think this, the I don't think the episodes are tonally dissonant. It's just they well, keep
1: no, not tonally dissonant. Uh, stylistically dissonant maybe would be sure. what I was okay. going for.
2: Yeah, no, I can see that. You know, like the Mad Max episode, I I raised an eyebrow because I was like, okay, everything up to this point has looked like. Grimm's Fairy Tales, Winter Wonderland, Dark Forest, that kind of shit. And then and straight then up Mad all Max. all of a sudden,
1: her world is fire and blood.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then ripping yes. guitars and some fucker in a gas mask. Yeah. Does, Lord, does, does the, the Lord Humongous is... analog show up?
2: Yes, actually. How about Master and Blaster? Lord Humongous... No, but uh, Lord, uh, the Lord Humongous is... Controlled by a giant eyeball squid. Naturally. (laughs) So yeah, it's. (laughs) I like this show, but it's hard to talk about.
1: (laughs) Okay, better comparison. I was thinking Adventure Time blended with Fully Cooley.
2: Yeah. Okay, that works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There
2: we go. Manic, ridiculous comedy style and off-the-wall plot explanations complete with that would otherwise be jarring tonal shifts of different s- settings if it weren't something closer to it. Because Adventure Time has a whole bunch of different settings, but they all feel like they fit. And yeah. The same is true for this. It's I don't know. Maybe it's the style of writing and the humor.
1: Yeah, and, that, and, and that's why I gravitated towards that comparison at first.
2: Sure. Okay, but then it that.
1: occurred to me that the tone is so fully cooly
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. So this is kind of, this is almost a, in some ways kind of the opposite of um, School Live in that I have no idea what's really going on, but I'm enjoying the ride. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's the more uh, dynamic visual style, maybe it's characters that feel straight out of a typical action anime just with funny little twists every now and again like at one point uh the rabbit looking thing turns into a cthulhu monster and eats the robot and then it's just back a few minutes later that
0: was a sentence you just said
2: yep yeah um I don't know that much about the way uh, who made the show. It feels like a trigger show, but I don't think it is, because uh, it doesn't have the same humor. I think that trigger does. It comes close on occasion, but it's not quite the same. But it's just—it's very engaging. Um, it's probably one of the most gorgeous anime of this season. Of like, I—I I know there's others, like stuff like. Um, in, in a more mundane way, stuff like uh, Sangatsu no Lion is gorgeous in that honey and clover type of way. I tend to gravitate more to this kind of thing, but I see the appeal of that kind of show's art style, too.
1: Okay, is, that... that no, I, I found our anime line in the sand. Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, I no, like... I didn't I, say anything I, bad about it. I just said i th-
1: <laughs> yeah i I know I'm surprised that this is the line in the sand
0: <laughs> okay, well, I should also say that uh the studio they did the studio three hertz uh, also worked on dimension w and sora no method.
2: I've seen one of those the other one the sora no method I don't know anything about I just Curious. But uh let's see if this guy's directed anything that I would have heard of. Uh well he worked on Space Dandy, that explains a lot.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but he also was a key animator for several episodes of Tengen Topa Gurren and Lagan. That explains the key influence. Yeah,
1: that, that <laughs> the, yeah. the trigger influence. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people complain that Space Dandy was too dissimilar from Cowboy Bebop. I went a very different route. And I was like, this is way too similar to Cowboy Bebop.
2: I wasn't going to disagree with you. I was just... Yeah.
1: No, I know. I'm just... just Space Dandy got brought up, and I'm never going to talk about Space Dandy, because I watched a single episode and said, no, fuck this. Uh, so I yeah. figured I'd use the opportunity.
2: Okay. No, I don't disagree with that. It's kind of hard. I can find myself watching a couple of minutes of a Space Dandy episode every now and again, but I can't really watch a whole episode because I'm like, okay, you just... This is nonsense for the sake of nonsense on occasion.
1: <laughs> and it's very Western nonsense. It almost...
2: Well, almost everything it could that almost that director almost part of does. the Fox
1: block. Like, that is...
2: Eh. Almost everything that director does is very Western.
1: Yeah, but at this point... The line between, say, Space Dandy and Axe Cop... Is a little too thin, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I can kinda see the appeal of Cowboy Bebop a bit. I can sorta see the appeal of Sh- Samurai Champloo. But now you're just oh. going adult-oriented comedy... That is completely ridiculous. You could p- fucking put that on Fox. I...
0: Uh. cone of Outer Space Dating, we got a brand new episode of Black Dynamite.
2: I was about to say it feels too much like it could exist on Adult Swim. Mm. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I'm enjoying Flip Flappers. I'm... Maybe it'll make sense the further on I go, but I'm curious <laughs> enough to keep watching. I mean... <laughs> Dead man, you've been watching anime as long as I have. You know that some sometimes shows like this don't ever manage to make sense.
0: Yeah, sometimes
1: it's just, hey, let's see where this goes.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. The only reason anybody watched Evangelion to completion.
0: Yeah, just, oh, let's see where this fucking thing goes. Oh, wait, the robot's his mom? What? <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. Anything else, Bertie? Uh,
2: let's see. Um I, I watched an episode or two of Izetta the Last Witch, and it's okay. Not great. It's the only kind of amazing thing about it is that the titular witch, instead of riding a broom, uh rides a anti tank rifle like a one of the speeders from Star Wars. Cool. Other than that, it's it's like alternate universe uh, World War Two discussion with witches fighting the Luftwaffe.
1: Yeah, that
2: sounds pretty all right. Yeah, it's it's okay. Don't there's there's a reason. I think I'd watched a few episodes before the last podcast. I just didn't have much to say about it. And
1: yeah. John had previously brought it up, and I remember my exact reaction when he brought it up, which was, oh yeah, I actually started watching the first episode of that, and then remembered what the show was, and decided against it. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was just like, I'm not in the mood. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay, the only other thing I really need to say is a quick Occultic 9 update, because they've... Oh, Christ. (laughs)
0: What did they Ooh, do that now? Good.
1: No.
2: Well, um, Cora, they, they explained the origins of Soccerball Tits' character.
1: Oh, I actually thought you were going to say they explained the origin of the Soccerball Tits.
2: <laughs> no, no, that would require leaps of logic I'm not sure this show is willing to make. She was, although, bitten,
0: she was bitten by a radioactive balloon animal.
2: Although, granted, what you find out about her character... Figuring out that she was a victim of some experiment to give her soccer ball sized tits would be one of the less shockingly stupid things they decide to do with her character. Uh, okay, um, so she, the, the, the soccer ball tits is the, is the uh, living daughter of a, of a medical conglomerate who created the technology that turns people into ghosts tied to this world. At some point, she stole a miniature electron charger. Which, if a one of the ghosts that was changed via the method this conglomerate made is applied to it, it can interact and it interact with the physical world and experience sensory pleasures. Uh, turns out, she's also possessed by the long dead and believed to not exist daughter of Nikola Tesla, and <laughs> she occasionally leaves her body to give advice via radio waves. Turns turns out she's a radio ghost.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it seems consistent with what I saw in the first episode. You know. That is to say, makes no goddamn sense.
0: Yep. When the ghost of Nikola Tesla's unknown daughter leaves her body to her tit shrink.
2: No. No, she just turns into a bubble-headed idiot like usual. (laughs)
1: god so clearly the mvp of the season
2: yep birdie might actually be worse than chaos head
0: birdie everything that you're saying i just want to let you know makes me want to watch this (laughs) and makes me want to make you guys watch it again
1: i i actually understand that reaction of oh my god this is terrible in a way that makes me curious but the first episode was not good no like, it was it, not it even interesting
2: it doesn't get any better and also does um, it get interesting at least in
1: how bad it is
2: well i mean you heard what i just said yeah you heard the <laughs> sentence that came out of his mouth
1: <laughs> but that doesn't tell me about its execution. You say all of that, and we, honestly, if I said I- any of the stuff that happens in the first episode, it might sound interesting, but I um, saw the first episode.
2: Let's see, uh, there's also a subplot with a albino kid who collects curse boxes looking for a super rare one, because, and this, I don't know, this might either make Dead Man laugh or fume, they, for some reason, throughout the series, have this character playing card fight vanguard.
0: <laughs> is he playing it well?
2: What kind of I, deck? I can't tell. What kind of deck is he running? I can't tell. Uh, I think I saw one of the the knight characters from the blue haired characters um, deck. There's like five blue haired characters, playing. dude. The the one who kept going evil.
0: Okay. God, I need to play more Cardfight. There's nobody around here who (sighs) plays Cardfight Vanguard. Everyone just plays fucking Commander in Magic.
1: I have heard of one of those games.
2: Cardfight Vanguard is like Yu-Gi-Oh, except better built and not as popular.
0: Yeah, it was originally designed as a game. Like, fully from the ground up, and then they made an anime around it.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, 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 just, I, I the learned. The anime is less ridiculous than Yu Gi Oh!
0: Yeah. I learned how to play Cards by Vanguard by watching the first episode of the anime. You cannot say that I about Yu Gi Oh! Can...
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you couldn't figure out how to play Yu Gi Oh! from watching the entire first season of Yu Gi Oh! But uh...
1: any season, they never had the right number of life points because they wanted the games to go faster.
2: Yeah, but they they got closer to the actual rules after season 1, but they stopped cheating as much. <laughs> but um yeah, so this albino kid just keeps saying, "It doesn't matter if I kill people. I'm just a minor. They won't convict me. I'm just a minor. They won't convict me. I I'm just uh, a minor. They won't convict me." Yes,
0: they will. <laughs> if you knowingly murder a person, you'll look at you'll look convicted.
2: Yeah. So this guy's been going around building what's called um, Toribaco, which is a type, it's like a, a curse artifact where you make a box out of planks, um, grind a person basically into paste and fill the box with them and use that box as to curse other people. And he apparently couldn't build the right one because he didn't have the right kind of soul.
0: So that's a
2: thing. <laughs> There's also um, a FBI detective helping the police in Japan with this case, who also happens to be an empath, although they call her a, a psychometrist.
0: What was the show about
1: again? That's a good question.
2: I don't think they ever answer that, and I I've, I've finally figured out why... Uh, reading into update on this show a bit, I've kind of figured out why. Uh, apparently, the original book this was adapted from was told with nine distinct different third person perspe- first-person perspectives in mind. And, like, chapter by chapter they kept flipping back and forth.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, but that should lead you to something like Durarara, not this.
2: Yeah, but, like, Dararara made the better decision of having, like, mostly characters off on their own stories that don't intersect with everyone else all the time. Okay. Whereas in most cases in this, almost all nine characters are interacting with each other all the time almost. So it gets impossible to follow, and there's so much exposition that this, the, the Japanese script almost serves as its own um, riff tracks. Because everyone's speaking like they're the micro-machines guy, with this exposition (laughs) to the...
1: I can kind of see that. They did have... Like, I... The first episode had a lot of, oh, this is what's going on. Not that it actually really explained much of anything, because the first episode was a fucking mess.
2: Oh, it only gets worse.
1: (laughs) And I, I know, but yeah, the dialogue was either pure exposition or just obnoxious or both.
2: Yep. And that doesn't change mostly throughout the entire run of the series. The only point at any point where someone's character gets developed is, I think, the thing I told Deadman, which caused him to have a small aneurysm where he blacked out for a moment, which I think was, uh... Right, right. It was the girl who got a kidney transplant from her brother who later died of organ failure, but she stole the corpse from the morgue and kept it around the house, pretending she was having the best year of her life with a brother until people called about the smell.
0: Little tingle just about my spine.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: Well, wow, that's almost the same reaction I got when I reminded him of the fact that American Psycho 2 was a thing.
0: <laughs> had to bring that up again. Yeah. You had to fucking...
1: It... <laughs> I've got it at my disposal. Why wouldn't I use it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> at a certain point, I'm going to stop making that noise, you know, if you keep doing it enough. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll move on to something else, which will probably inevitably still involve William Shatner in some degree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Relax, Deadman. We're just hoping that your brain will eventually jump into its uh, uh, Christmas sleigh minivan and drive off into the sky. <laughs> Be
0: sure to check out the rest we of Chris's watch... Horror Month, too.
1: Yeah, we watch some weird stuff on the side. So, yeah. So I'm guessing a big thumbs up for Cultic 9. What Oh yeah,
2: no, uh, one of the best things ever. I I don't know why I I could have spent any time watching episodes of School Live when I could have been watching more of this.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Okay, I suspect that that might actually really be an unfair comparison for a Cultic 9.
2: I was trolling you. (laughs) I
1: know, but... I know you were trolling me, but you still brought up school live, and I'm like, oh. Oh, that's just being unfair.
0: So anything else then, Bernie?
2: <laughs> um. I'm trying to think. Uh, Goblin Slayer's still pretty good. Just not much change. They, although, I think... Uh, I guess I have a fantasy question for you. Do ogres normally talk?
0: Uh it Depends.
2: Okay. Yeah, cuz in this world it seems like uh goblins are the minions of bigger monsters and they just get hired by monsters to serve as cheap guard duty basically or is That does seem that doesn't about
0: right. <laughs> like looking at a there are other things happening out there where it's just like, yeah, people are it's just like, hey, we hired some goblins. They're doing shit.
2: Yeah, and th- th- in terms of like weird details that I kind of appreciate, uh, the team takes out a huge goblin nest by um, without raising alarm by com- by combining um, uh, a sleep spell with a silence spell, and then they just start stabbing each and every one of them. And one of the the elf is. Distressed at first when she realizes she stabbed so many that her sword keeps slipping in her hands from all the blood and oil and stuff on it. So she notices, she decides to see how the rest of them go about continuously stabbing so many without ever stopping. She's like, oh, they keep either grabbing other blades or they just have well-built weapons that don't keep all the grease on. I don't know why I appreciate details like that, but I do.
0: It's flavor. It's like little touches that help the world feel a bit more
2: real.
1: Yeah. So yeah, uh,
2: that's it for me. Alright then, Cora.
1: Okay, apparently I'm still the only one watching March Comes in Like a Lion.
0: I watched the first episode.
1: It is the best show of the season. I really fucking adore this show. It's actually the only thing that I am up to date on. (laughs) Because of how much I adore it.
0: For various reasons, I will kind of disagree with you, but go on.
1: Okay. I... (laughs) I really... Even just the art. The art alone. I started noticing how whenever the main character is alone, that is when the art relies on grid-like patterns. It's usually darker, relying on blacks and blue colors. But when you're with the family environment... It uses more light browns, peaches, and it becomes more of a watercolor uh, setting. Details like that, I really fucking adore.
0: No, like, when I watched the first, now, when I watched the first episode, I noticed that too. Like, uh, like even when he was like walking outside, the world was like still kind of watercolor, but really washed out and almost barely there.
1: Yeah, and. One of the things... Well, they have finally started explaining the roles of the game, which of course is completely useless to me, because I can't distinguish any of the pieces. But... <laughs> that's fine. This is more about the character dynamics and relationships. And... Yeah, we finally got to meet his uh, adopted... His adoptive sister. Who... Uh, Yeah, is a terrible fucking person. (laughs) She comes to his place, insists that he let her in, uh, ends up staying the night, comments that her boyfriend didn't leave a scar on his face, because apparently her boyfriend beat the shit out of him at one point in the past. Uh, He What? Pleasant. Yeah. He asks if she's still with him, and she claims that she is because she loves him and he's, uh, the main character asks does he uh, hurt you and she laughs and states that if he ever uh, laid a hand on her uh, she would stab him in his sleep and he would never wake up and ah uh, jenny's the main ca- <laughs> and the main character comments you'd go that far and she says yes I love him She then, uh, the next, she sleeps over at his place. The next morning, she comments to him about the man that he's supposed to have a match with that day, stating, how old is he? He's in his 60s now, isn't he? It's a shame. I hear if he drops in rank, he's going to quit playing. You know, given uh, your personality, I consider the idea that you might just let him win, since you're such a nice guy.
2: Yep, definitely Jimmy's girlfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and even the opponent that he ends up playing against comments on how much of a terrible person that, that char- character is. Like, she is twisted and manipulative. But I, I enjoy the character interactions. Uh, the main character started teaching, well technically started teaching the two younger sisters how to play shogi. and by which I mean he rattled off a bunch of information to them. and then the guy who calls himself uh, Ray's best friend jumped in, showed them a, uh, a book that presented each of the shogi pieces as cats and explained each of their roles. And Ray was just off to the side, realizing how terrible a teacher he is. (laughs) And he starts looking at the book. He's like, it is really well explained and everything. He's like, "Uh, I wonder who the publisher is. And looks on the back, can't find any publishing information. Starts looking through it, trying to find information. Finally notices that on the front, it lists the writer as his, quote unquote, best friend. (laughs) yeah his best friend growing up loved drawing, so he made a book on shogi and had his uh a print uh printing company that was uh his family had connections with quote unquote throw together a book that he could uh give out to friends of the family. <laughs> it is a very high quality book
0: <laughs> i mean naturally. <laughs>
1: Well, they've referenced the fact that this character is clearly loaded uh, a number of times.
0: Yeah, I mean, most, like, middle-class families aren't exactly well-connected to publishing companies.
1: Or has a, or have a butler whose entire job is to make sure that the uh, uh, son uh, goes and gets his kidney treatment uh, as often as possible and eats properly so as to not wear out his kidneys. That too. Yeah.
0: Probably should have led with that so, Yeah, as well. I,
1: I really like this series a lot. What was uh so what were your issues with the first episode?
0: Largely tonal whiplash.
1: Yeah, it's kind of by design.
0: Like, like I can talk about this la- I talk about this when we talked about it uh, last time, but yeah it starts out like this really somber really well done drama about this kid. We just like get a lot about him just from the way they animate the world and the way that he designed like the way that they play the sport is it really shows what kind of series this is just like just like having like no look at the actual board and only focusing on the only focusing on the sound of the pieces clacking and the shuffling as they try to get them perfectly centered in the square, yeah. And then all of a sudden it turns into Joe.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting way of putting it, but the comparison that I would actually draw, and it's an odd comparison to make, because but a lot of people have a similar issue with the movie I'm about to reference, which would be Full Metal Jacket, in that it is technically two separate stories. And some people like one story more than the other and think that the other is not that good and it would have been better if the first story was the entirety of the movie or something like that. But they present a duality. In fact, to quote the movie itself, I think I was trying to say something about the duality of man, sir. I feel that this is... I feel that it is designed purposefully to present the two aspects of this character. The method by which he isolates and disconnects himself from the rest of the world, and in a sense just alienates himself, and how he reaches out and connects with it. And those two separate drives within that singular character. And, of course, the ma- the storyline that involves him reaching out and connecting with other characters is more jovial, humorous, and silly. Which, the two are better, I'm not going to say better integrate, because I feel that it works for the first episode, but they are, I, I think the combination of the two is less jarring in future episodes.
0: Yeah, the first episode, it like was- I, I do, I do was, get what you're saying. It was though. a hard swing.
1: <laughs> I agree, but again, I think it was by design, and for me, it worked. I, I get where you're coming from. Like it was, it was almost th-
0: it was it was weird. It was it almost like they had like a slide to it, like, like 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 he goes to the game and stuff, and then and everything is pretty much all the same. And it's like it's like hey, come over for dinner, pick up some shit, and then we see him and we see him standing outside like the convenience store, or whatever, like holding bags of stuff, and he looks entirely different than how we've seen him up till now. He is just drawn in, in a completely different way. It looks like he's from a different series. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird.
1: I recall that,
0: but... It, it, it was... I remember seeing that and being a little bit confused. Like, wait, what? You look kind of different. Let me just see if I'm remembering that correctly and I'm not just making this up.
2: Mm. Da, 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 I'm
0: da. actually
1: pulling it up as well. Oh, yeah, another thing that bugs me. CG cell phones. Eh. It. Did not notice. It looked terrible. It looked
0: like hot fucking garbage.
1: I did not notice.
0: But yeah, yes, yeah, so when he does come out, like his glasses are basically rounded. He seems to be about a foot shorter and like squashed. As he comes out of the store. Oh,
1: yeah, I guess I can I can see the CG cell phone. I just didn't notice it.
0: Yeah, so he walks yeah, so when he walks out of the store, it looks like that's like, oh, that's odd. And then he goes to the house yeah. and then we're in an entirely different show.
1: <laughs> but again, I can't complain, because I feel it's by design, and I feel it works.
0: <laughs> okay, then.
1: But, no, for me, I, I'm i very much enjoying this series. I do think it is probably the strongest one of the season. Uh, I have officially dropped Watashi ga Motote Dosunda, or Kiss Him, Not Me, because... It's weird to say it about that series, but it went off the fucking rails.
0: (laughs) There were rails?
1: Apparently, and (laughs) it didn't so much go off them as it rocketed off into space. So, I don't know if Birdie had previously talked about this, but, uh, episode seven.
2: (laughs) Oh. It was interesting. (laughs) I I did tell Deadman about this, but I I also predicted to Deadman that you might want to throw a bit of a shit fit when you talked about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what made the creators of this storyline look at this and say, we need to have the plotline of a Scooby-Doo episode thrown in here. But I think I can argue that it's not a good move. Because, yeah, the plot of episode seven is, initially, it's a really fucking good episode. The idea is that the, uh, the main character wants to go to a, essentially, not festival, but a an event for a deceased um, member of nobility who served as the artistic inspiration for an anime character that she is currently obsessed with. They had established this anime in the episode prior, so we've got the basis for this whole concept set up. And it pokes fun at the artistic license that a lot of anime takes with historical events. And it's really funny when it's doing that. But midway through the episode, we have the scenario where, oh, we've got a colorful bunch of characters that have decided to go over to an area that is rumored to have a curse or a ghost or some supernatural element. And all the way there, they get... Exactly, and on the way there, Uh-oh. they get separated, so the group is split in two, and each of them encounter the supernatural element in their own way, but it ultimately gets defeated and then is later implied to have a mundane explanation, but it's left ambiguous.
2: It just gets worse <clears throat> it just gets worse
1: <laughs> I don't know what made them fucking decide to do that.
0: Well, is it obvious?
1: Mushrooms. (sighs) It's interesting, because I... I, I'll admit, at a certain point in this episode, I'm like, please let this be some kind of hallucination. Please let this be some kind of hallucination. It's like, okay. They gave us a half-assed explanation, but at least they... Acknowledge that this is stupid, but no, they're still implying that there was actually a ghost it... and this is a storyline that can be done really well. I pointed to uh, the adventure time episode. Uh, I think it's the creeps the one, the haunted Mansion episode
0: nah. Bertie,
1: the one where they show the green ghost girl.
0: What are we talking about with this? I, sorry, I blacked out again for a I second. Was
1: saying, I was saying, I was saying this premise has been done well before, and I pointed to an example of Adventure Time with the episode, I think it's The Creeps, that involved a haunted mansion.
0: Oh, right, yeah, that one.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, it never extended outside of the realm of, Of suspension, it never went beyond the degree of suspension of disbelief that it had established. This show is a romantic comedy, and they fought a ghost.
0: Yeah, not a whole lot of. There aren't a whole lot of romantic comedies out there that involve ghost busting.
2: Uh, At at least not that are not played for laughs. Because like I was telling Cora when we discussed this last time, Full Metal, Full Metal Panic FuMoFu has an episode like this, but it is all just played largely as a joke. Like the yeah. entire premise of the episode is that the Kaname is trying to scare Sosuke with sort of traditionally scary things, but he's just reacting logically. Like he sees a ghost with a like a bloody head wound and a bloody hammer, and and she's like, "Doesn't that scare you?" And it's like, "Well, all she's got is a hammer. I'm pretty sure I could defeat her pretty easily." And that's most of the episode is those kinds of jokes and they do like the double twist of they have a like oh no that was an actual ghost not just the pranksters but that's actually just the same joke again just crazy man and his elderly mom want to live alone in an abandoned hospital with no kids running around.
1: And kiss him not me I'm not going to go so far as to say they play it straight but they definitely play it straighter. Uh, which is the only instance in, with the, in which this show played anything moderately straight. Oh, yeah. We're usually going a different route with that. Uh, yeah, I was going to was <laughs> just, gonna just make that joke. Little,
2: little, little, little spoiler for a later episode, Cora. uh Batsumi's brother is a gay troll.
1: Okay. <laughs> mm. But... Yeah... Episode 7 was the one where I was like, okay, I I think I might be done with the show. I did watch episode 8, which is at the very least better. But it still has moments, in some ways it has a similar progression as 7, where it starts out moderately strong with some really good ideas. The main, like, asshole guy, turns out he does, like, magical girl dances with his little sister when she's watching anime. It's... Hilarious, adorable, and informs his character. You've got so many elements there that work. And when he learns that uh, the main character has gone to work at a uh, local theme park as part of the show, you know, the live-action show that they do for that anime, he... Uses the fact that he knows all of the songs to his benefit and gets a job there. There's a lot of elements there that work. But, the finale of the episode involves a bunch of asshole characters acting in a way that no one would, and a lot of contrivance that just does not, at any point, feel natural. It doesn't even seem like it's supposed to feel natural, but it's just cringy like that's how I would describe both of those episodes. The final act is just cringy the entire time.
2: Yeah, because it this anime has to walk a very delicate line between being too silly and too serious. And I feel like episode seven went way, way too far into the too silly direction. And parts of episode 8 went too far into the trying-to-be-serious direction, which don't work. No,
1: no, I would not argue at any point that episode 8 being too serious was the problem for me. <laughs> I well, No, actually, that's not true. There are some points that it does go too serious. I just, they got overshadowed by it being too serious. Oh, yeah, serious. no,
2: I, I remember the I, stuff, I just but...
1: remembered that fact. I'm like, oh, right, yeah, no, that would have been a problem if it wasn't for how that episode ended. Because I completely forgot, oh yeah, he does kind of assault, assault her, her in a fever and then assaults one of the other guys as well, also in a fever. Which, okay, to be fair, that's a good way to follow up that scene, showing that no, he has no fucking clue what's going on and is not conscious. Um, But yeah, no, that would have been problematic if it wasn't for how it just ended everything in a obnoxiously contrived manner.
2: Yes, that is true. The only thing that I found kind of funny about that scene is that the girl goes home and reads a guy-love manga and is confused as to why she was scared when this happened to her, but loves it when it happens in guy-love anime.
1: Yeah, when it's having fun with the cliches and showing how ridiculous they are. Like Again, I was loving episode 7 up until the midway point. The first half is actually really fucking good. But it goes insane.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Because, honestly, yeah, it's ridiculous how historical anime treat historical figures, and it can be pretty damn ludicrous. And seeing characters just constantly look at, like, a picture of the historical figure and go, like, how is this guy that guy? They look nothing alike. <laughs> And, like, but the fangirls are just freaking out and are, like, taking photos and everything and doing essentially everything inappropriate, given where they are.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay. oh, let's
1: get a photo with the grave.
0: Yay, dead bodies. <laughs>
1: it's like, I...
0: He's hot in this okay, cartoon I watched. It's hilarious.
1: Uh, it's like, oh, he looks like a balding old man in this picture. He's so cute. It's like... <laughs> okay, I... I I I that is funny that is a great idea and I don't know how they brought it thought that that was the logical conclusion to go for a ghost story
0: can't wait for all the man. can't wait for the spikes in all those fucking books written by anybody who was featured in bungo stray dogs
1: But yeah, I I dropped the show, I don't have any ill will towards it or anything, but that was a weird fucking direction to go with it, and in all honesty, I would say that it feels like this should be an anime from 14 years ago, if it wasn't for the fact that it appeals so much to the Fujoshi crowd. It has that same sort of clumsy, romantic, comedy, anime writing, like... If you took out the Fujoshi elements, you know, the Guy Love elements, this almost feels like it could have been part of Love Hina. Uh. You know swap out the male characters with female characters, making a male protagonist, and make all of the female characters kind of detest the main character. Yeah, you've kind of got an episode of Love Hina here.
2: Yeah, but Love Hina has the disadvantage of the fact that Ken Akamatsu is incapable of self awareness. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know, but I'm talking about how clumsily written it is. Yeah, like, no, not, I see. I see it, your its got, point. Even then, this would actually be the best episode ever of Love Hina. But yeah, well, it would not feel. It would be an episode that
2: didn't feature Naru. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
1: So yeah, I, I'm i setting that one aside. I liked the concept of the show more so than I thought I would back oh. when I first came across it. And it had promise, but it also just... It's a weird mashup of different elements that never really comes together. So I, I can't really recommend it, but if you do look into it be wary of episodes 7 and 8, because, yeah, that was yeah, insane. It,
2: it jumped the shark and decided it could, hadn't done enough, so it just kept jumping it.
1: Yeah. So, aside from that, I'm a little bit behind on Natsume Eugene. I actually was watching an episode last night uh, in between video editing, and this morning while I was at the store, it occurred to me, Did I actually finish watching that episode? It feels like I did, but I'm pretty certain I didn't. And I mean that as a compliment because I can watch just a half of an episode of this show and feel satisfied and happy, even if I haven't gotten to the conclusion of it. I enjoy it. It's a weird compliment to say that I don't even feel the need to finish an episode to enjoy it, but... Yeah. In a weird way, it is. And I came back, finished the episode. Oh. It was a very good episode involving a weird uh, bird-like yokai that is kind of hilarious. Uh,
2: Watching any given episode of Natsume Eugene Cho is just sort of pleasant.
1: Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. I forget. I, Dead Man, you saw how uh, Nyanko Sensei looks, right? I think so. Yeah, the cat thing? Yeah. Did you see how he actually looks? How do you... Um, I'm pulling...
0: Uh, he looks a, a
1: that That's his physical... Uh, the physical form he has, because he occupies a lucky cat doll. Let me pull up uh, Natsume Jincho Madara. Because his actual name is Madara.
0: What, the giant demon fox thing? Yeah. Okay.
1: That is <laughs> one and <in> the same. <laughs> Which... It's weird
0: going from the cousin of cat bug to the cousin of fucking Kyubei from Naruto.
1: He, when you say Kyubei, I do not go to Naruto. Wait, <laughs> no, it's
0: QB. Sorry, not Kyubei. QB, Kyube, I think.
1: okay.
2: Yeah, yeah Kyubei is a character. Kyubei is the, nine, the nine-tailed demon fox.
1: Right. Yeah. I got, One of them I, is evil, the other is a fox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry, I got my... He's
1: not evil, he has no morality whatsoever, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but Karama, yeah, no, that was that fucker's
0: uh, name. Okay, sorry. I fucked up.
1: But yeah, no, it's... It's amusing because I didn't even. I was like, did I ever really explain to him what Nyanko sensei really is? Because he is technically Natsume's bodyguard, regardless of how much he drinks on the job. Because, yeah, the apparently, if you want to get to Natsume, the key is sake, because, uh, yeah, his bodyguard will just drink it up. Like, half the time when Natsume does get into trouble, it's because Nyanko-sensei is somewhere getting plastered. (laughs) (laughs) But, God, I fucking love this show. It's, for me, it is, I've stated this before, I I never really got into Mushishi. I saw the appeal, but it just never really clicked with me. This is my Mushishi. Like. just the calm series that I really enjoy watching. I love checking out a new episode. I don't have to rush to see the new one, but I never forget about it or just fully set it aside. And it's a nice balance for me. Uh, the one last thing that I've been following is... We're recording before the new chapter comes out, but yeah... uh my Hero Academia, Academia, rather. Yeah, it still bugs me. Uh, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they're in the middle of something interesting. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Yep. I mean, we saw it coming, but it's nice to see that all of the little hints that Bakugo uh, seemed to be picking up on details and was under, was understanding stuff to a much greater extent than anybody else. It's nice to see them pay off. Yeah. And it really does a good job of feeling like a standard action of him. You know, the standard, I'm going to fucking kill you response. Yeah, naturally. Laced with actual character development.
0: Oh, hell yeah. This is something that has been building since the start of the series. Yeah. And now it's coming to fruition in a really great way.
1: Yeah, they. C- this is arguably the best way to handle this because they are. Spoilers. Fighting. He is fighting Deku. And. It's not simply I'm pissed at you, so I'm going to hurt you. It's I'm pissed at myself, so I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> and I find that far more interesting. Yeah, it's really fun to see how he is dealing with inner turmoil and the fact that he actually has inner turmoil.
0: Yeah, like in a lesser series, this guy would just be what you see. Just, oh, I'm angry, but I'm also really good at stuff. But this he they have shown consistently throughout this that he has layers like, yes, he is the violent, crazy one, but he's also not an idiot. Yeah, and Deku, despite all his efforts, hasn't done a great job at really hiding his connection with All Might. It's just nobody ever thinks to look at it, except except uh Bakugo, because he's always been looking at it,
1: and because he also revealed. Elements yeah, he just of straight up said it to Bakugo. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then he sees it, it's like, "Oh fuck, right, shit, I get it now."
1: <laughs> like I love the back when we a number of chapters back when All Might was having his final battle and you have that moment where he says something that appears to just have a broad meaning, but is clearly actually a message to Deku. I love the fact that Bakugo picked up on the fact that it meant something entirely different to him.
0: Yeah, and they also and showed we that.
1: Noticed that back then. Yeah, we were like, yeah, no, he uh, he clearly recognized that something's up.
0: Yeah, just that one panel, just Bakugo looking at Deku.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Again, like th- this feels like something. Reading this, reading how well like this storyline has played out. I'm constantly thinking of just like, oh, other series, the way they would do this is just not show any of that and then retroactively add it in just like, oh, hey, you, it's like, oh, I have noticed things. And then cut back to all these big defining moments in that character's life and then showing him from that guy's perspective. But with us seeing all of it, it just adds this other level of like actual buildup. Yeah. Beyond just the standard, oh, I'm good, but you're getting better, so I hate you.
1: But yeah, so that's been really fucking good. Yeah, that's all I've been watching (laughs) and reading.
0: Okay, then. So then on to me, uh, uh, Kelsapriese, I finished Hikyu. Cool. Yeah, so one thing that does kind of suck uh going forward uh the voice actor for uh, the coach passed away while they were in the middle of production. Oh. So for the last two episodes we had a different voice actor for one of the main characters.
1: Which he's not That's unfortunate. Yes, I it mean is. is it is it jarring or
0: Really jarring because like it's sound because okay. he sounds about 10 years older. And like not even like the, not even like a similar voice, just hey, we found another guy who is pretty alright at yelling and being old, so fuck it.
1: Remember, I remember when I was young, I wasn't really following it, it anymore, but uh I remember catching like an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! and it's like, wow, they changed my Valentine's voice. <laughs> so obviously. <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah, yeah, it's always weird when that happens. <laughs>
0: Yes, that was a bit jarring, but other than that, like it's still this show is for me the best of the season because uh, it, it, goddamn it, it's just so good.
1: And they also, I can't judge because I haven't watched it since the first couple episodes. I and I'm behind on reading it. I. Started reading it after the first couple episodes because I didn't feel like waiting. And uh but I I've, haven't been keeping up with manga as much.
0: Yeah. And they also uh, they also took one of the things that happened in the manga and made it like. So in the in the final set against Shiro Torizawa, uh, there is a part where they like block Ushijima, who is like the biggest threat they have at that level. They go to block him for a straight, and it's completely block him, but then at the last second he changes it to a cross, and then we see uh and then we see a panel, a frame of uh of Ushijima just holding down the heads of uh Tsukishima and Minata. And it felt really jarring in the manga. Like th- like there was no real reaction shot in order to have that, in order to have it like visually represent what it's supposed to be. It just kind of was was oh, he went up and then shot him, and then er we're holding you da- holding you two down, but why those two specifically
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then and then all of a sudden, uh it's a reaction shot of Ushijima and then the three older students on the team holding him up from those two doesn't really work in the manga in the anime, it gets so much better' holy shit, <laughs> like it actually shows reaction shots of both Hinata and Kishima and throughout the match, those two have kind of been the ones that have been the most focused on beating him and not really succeeding at it. Like, yeah, Tsukishima blocked, like, one shot, but but uh, he, but ishijima keeps fucking getting shit done. Hinata, just general stress of, I want to be amazing, and he's amazing, so fucking goddamn it.
1: <laughs>
0: and so holding down the heads actually worked really well there. And then having like and then uh, with uh, the other students coming in they come in one at a time and actually intercuts that with them getting the ball over and getting like scoring points in the in the manga in the manga it's just there all three of them are there but in the anime it is first the fucking captain shows up holding him up and then he he gets the ball up and then goes over to the fucking ace and then goes to fucking the bald guy as he just smacks it down and it was all so good and everybody freaking the shit out at the end when they won and it was god damn it. I love haiku. <laughs> this was the best season so far, and I cannot wait to see what see what they do see how things work out next. I ah, oh, in, in the manga, they are just getting into the fucking finals. I mean, into the nationals, and it is oh god. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy this exists. This is kind of slowly becoming one of my favorite anime ever. Which I never oh, thought I would say. This is the say. first
1: time you've... Re- yeah, this is uh, one of the first sports anime you've really liked, isn't it?
0: This is the first sports anime I've ever liked. Okay. And every other sports anime that I watch, I now... Either consciously or subconsciously compare to IQ. <laughs> And so far, nothing else has really held up.
1: Trying to think. Like, sports anime are a little... It's a surprisingly broad genre, because anime based around games technically kind of cross over it, with it a bit. So, like, Chihayafuru, technically a sports anime, involves physical activity, but it is based around an ancient card game. So, it's... Weird in that regard.
0: Yeah, like I've I've watched other like sports things like uh I watched Battery, uh Yomushi Pedal, I've seen a, I've read a I've read a bunch of chapters of baby steps.
1: Mm.
2: Days still exists and is getting a second season.
0: <laughs> Goody. <laughs> yeah,
2: you
0: know, like with uh with the exception of Battery, I have watched slash read Uh, A good chunk of those things. A good chunk of those two series. uh, Yomuji Petal and Baby Steps. And I do enjoy them. Just not to the level that I enjoy Haikyuu. Like Baby Steps, I kind of like more than Yomuji Petal because... uh, Yeah. Because Yomuji Petal is... Silly. Well, a bit silly and a bit kind of off in making Rivals. Yeah. Like... Like there's one character who is from Soul Eater. Mhm. Just straight up. And I mentioned this uh last I mentioned this last episode, but well the last time I We're talked about We're talking
1: about uh the chameleon guy, right?
0: Uh, yeah, the guy it, who the guy who with the giant teeth who told the fucking first ma- first secondary character that his mom died in the middle of a race in order to beat yeah. him. He's a weird one. Incredibly so. He is stupidly out of place.
1: He is a fixture of the series.
0: I Yeah, I've I've read up on it.
1: And I don't know if he's a bad guy anymore, but he's a weird guy still. Shaved his head.
0: Yeah. Shaved his head because he lost. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, talk about uh talking about last time. Like when they when they introduce like the villainous riders, <laughs> they're always the same. They're, like while they have different like sub flavors, the main flavor is still always the same villain. It is the I am better than you, so I'm going to demean and talk down to you while I say I'm amazing.
1: Yeah, the only exception to that would be the like primary rival high school where they believe in their superior approach, but they are not...
2: They disdainful don't talk
1: down... Yeah, they're not disdainful. I'm not going to say they're not arrogant, but they're not disdainful.
0: Yeah, when they, when they say, we're going to win, they're not saying it as like a thing of like, oh, hey, fuck you, guy. They're saying it just as a matter-of-fact statement.
1: Yeah. And in a sense, they have more of a... Like the the fact that the big thing about the captain of the rival team was the fact that he, even if he didn't mean to, he cheated in uh, last year's Previous race. year, yeah, fucking hates the fact that he did that. Oh yeah, and his he is all about like trying to be as upstanding as possible because he cannot believe that he did that.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's, it, w- it was a really great moment with, in, the sh- in the show when they did that. Like, like, showing him reaching out and grabbing it, like, not even realizing he's doing it.
1: <laughs>
0: and then doing, trying to do everything within his power to, like, at, the, at, at, at equal, like, equal parts, apologize and prove that he is still better without having to resort to cheating. Yeah. <laughs> like, even after that, he still, like, shows up and says, hey, next year, I'm going to beat you. But, like, fair and square. Sorry, I fucked you over, but you're never going to beat me again.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, but no, it, and to be fair, I think that that those bizarre characters and the cartoonish villains are a side effect of it being as silly as it is. Yeah. So, and it also gets, for me, it also gets it's, oddly serious.
0: Yeah. Like, there are, like, there are points in that series that it almost turns into a psychological horror series. Like in the like in the fucking first year like qualifier race when uh the when uh Onoda, like is, like the chain falls off his bike and then he sees the fucking van come up on him and he just starts screaming. I thought, <laughs> like, oh god, I'm gonna die, and then and then, he, and then he's just laying on the ground crying into the cement, and then he's like, oh hey dude, here's your bike.
1: <laughs> Midosuji, that's who I was trying to think of. Yep. Yeah, Midosuji is the. Uh... "Quote unquote chameleon guy," as I describe him.
0: I'll just say this: He looks like a guy from Soul Leader.
1: Yeah, he looks he like does. he's filled
0: with the black blood.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he drinks it.
0: Yeah, and then and then I did kind of I did kind of stop watching the series recently. I might pick it up again, but I got into the second season, which is the last day of the first like inner high thing, and we got introduced to our new villain, uh, who starts out by. Aggressively hitting on the main school's manager and then very sexually rubbing the arms of, like, the like the, uh, the captain of the rival high school team in order to steal his luck.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the villains could be just described as being for the evil-alls. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know. Like, it's... I'm it is not Thanks a. Sh- it is right not about. <laughs> it is not about subtlety with uh, Yamushi Pedal. I enjoy no. the, main it. Character, the
2: main character sings an anime theme song while he's biking. I don't think.
0: He's busy, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, going into baby steps, they did a much better job with the rivals. Like the they like having yeah. like having all the characters actually be characters, having them evolve over the course of the series. Like we see. We see multiple tournaments that are, like, months or, like, a year apart, and in that time, like, the characters do change. Like, they add new stuff, and they aren't just the same old person they were last time, and that's, like, a yeah. plot point.
1: There, There is, like, some silliness that comes with gimmicks, but it's far, like, it's far less noticeable. The biggest example I can think of is the guy that tries to formulate images with how he plays tennis. I was like, okay, that's... Not yeah, just, a thing that would happen in real life. He uses bounce. But he uses bounce patterns to paint. Yeah, like I, I was like, okay, that's that's not a thing. Also, does he doesn't he but dress
0: like a cyclist?
1: He only in that he has like the glasses that won't fall off, but or get broken.
2: But at this point. Deadman, man. Now that I've seen Case Closed, Phantom of Baker Street, I'm far more lenient on Shonen stupidity.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I would agree. I like because I, again, I prefer the more analytical and re- more grounded sports series. Usually, uh, I enjoy the cheesiness, which is one of the reasons. Like I wouldn't put IQ as one of my favorites. It's fun, but. I yeah, it's still silly. Yeah, but I I like
0: a level of silliness. Like that's one of the things that uh that one of the reasons why I actually kinda of put Q over Baby Steps is because yeah. is because like Q has Q has like the shonen level of intensity for basically everything that they're doing.
1: Yeah, I assume that was the reason.
0: Well well Baby Steps well Baby Steps is much like his main character, incredibly analytical. It is like while they do do like kind of like exaggerated stuff for like you know ball hits or whatever, it's all very much just hey, this is the form of tennis. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. And then it's all just very much we're gonna get we're gonna get tennis as right as we can while still making this an anime or manga. Now
1: let's take some notes. Uh- <laughs> yeah, basically,
0: it wouldn't it would not <laughs> surprise me to see the fucking writer of this hanging out at fucking Wimbledon with a sketch pad, just like taking notes and shit, writing out fucking sketching out forms and whatever.
2: Yeah. It'd be amusing if someone walked up to someone taking notes at a tennis match and was like, hey, are you cosplaying?
0: (laughs) Yes, how did you know? Nobody fucking gets it. Nobody fucking gets it. (laughs) Anyway, and then Uh, other than that, uh, just kind of keeping up the standards. Been watching clips of One Piece on YouTube because that's kind of the best way to experience the One Piece anime.
2: Drifters is still fun, but not funny.
0: Drifters is drifters.
1: I've fallen behind. <laughs> There's a reason I didn't bring it up. is because I was like, I don't think I've watched any of it since last time I spoke about it.
0: The dwarves can make 10 guns a day just by looking at a gun once.
2: Jesus kills a dragon with cancer.
0: Yeah. Like actually does that. No, 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 he doesn't even kill it. He gives them cancer, then keeps them alive so that they can harvest the cancer. Jesus got fucking dark, dude.
1: Yeah, Jimmy's thoughts on this series are interesting because he hasn't seen any of it, but him learning that the villain is probably Jesus was an interesting moment.
2: <laughs> or that one of Jesus's lieutenants is Joan of Arc.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, he's back in town now. I might have to show him some
1: episodes. Oh, he is? Yeah. I wasn't certain he got back.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah. That'll uh, be fun.
2: That'll hurt nah, watching nah, then. nah, nah,
0: nah. Nah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Moving on. <laughs> to news. Because we actually have a news today. So... It was announced on the uh, wraparound jacket of the 21st volume of the Attack on Titan manga that the second season of the anime will finally be premiering this coming April.
1: Cool. Yeah. Uh, the second season... I'm looking forward to that. Like, I, again, I will not argue that this... Pass it up with this. I find it interesting that this is a blockbuster anime that I think does have a claim to greatness, which is kind of rare. Because, you know, keep in mind, when I say blockbuster anime, I'm putting it alongside such titles as High School of the Dead and Sword Art Online. Naturally. So. You
0: yeah. know, the height of anime quality.
1: And, you know, I. Well, so
2: you're, what you're basically saying is that there's not necessarily a correlation between quality and popularity.
1: Uh, yeah. But, um, and. It's almost like I, I movies. find it interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I find it interesting that this one at least has a... Even if you don't care for it or find it frustrating with certain repetitive elements of it, it does actually have a decent claim to quality, I feel. Oh, yeah. And definitely more so than a lot of other quote-unquote blockbuster anime. Yeah,
2: definitely. If it gets back to the characters I like, then I could see myself loving this series again. I just felt like the second half of season one background at all the characters I like for shit I didn't give a shit about.
0: Who are the characters you like, then?
2: Uh, Armin, Mikasa, uh, the weird bitch who enjoys studying Titans. Oh, yeah. Can't remember her name.
0: Ah, she's great.
2: (laughs) And I've seen some of the imagery that they're gonna be pulling unless they just say, you know what, fuck the manga, let's do something different, which I don't think they're going to do. Um... I've seen some of the imagery that they're going to pull from for this season. And it looks cool. I mean, that's always the thing that I liked about season one was just how distinctive the visuals were and the fight scenes as and fixing, of course, the ass art style of the manga.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not going to like, you know, we're hard on, uh, the manga's art a bit. Like we complain about it quite a bit, but I don't think it's terrible. But it's not professional quality. I'll give it... I'll state that. It's only, a step point... or two ab-
2: it's only a step or two above what you complain about with Hunter x Hunter, in my opinion.
1: No! <laughs> <laughs> I never saw a page of Sword Art Online that... Uh, I mean, not Sword Art Why I say Sword Art Online? Uh, of Attack on Titan where I thought, wow, they turned in a rough draft. Like, I can at least identify the characters... Okay, maybe just i just... The have, characters I mean, have facial features. So, as long as they have facial features, I'm gonna say, fuck that. Okay, Attack, I you, guess... The the, I, haven't,
2: I haven't read all of Hunter x Hunter. I've only read some of the manga. Yeah, no, I,
1: Hunter x Hunter had pages where they were essentially slightly more elaborate stick figures they were the skeletal structures for characters with no distinguishing features so you knew what figure was talking but you had no idea who that figure was
2: (laughs) no it's just the thing i have the thing for me about attack on titans a manga is it's sometimes difficult to parse out what is deliberately ugly and what's just badly drawn
1: I I get that, and, here, and the artist actually did not do themselves any favors, because that salute that they do is actually almost impossible to make it look right. Because when you put your hand in a fist right below your head, the proportion is bound to look off. Yeah. Even just looking in the mirror, it's like, wow, something about that proportion doesn't look right. But it draws attention to how his proportions are not great. So I'm like, yeah, you did not do yourself any favors coming up with that salute.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Aaron will shut up a little more.
0: Anyway, the second season was initially announced back in 2014. Was planned for release in 2016, but then they decided to put it off because the writer was taking too long in the manga.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's a good idea that they don't stray from the manga. And to be fair, I, that's generally my philosophy with everything. But the one of the big draws of the anime is that... I can think that, of
2: several manga where straying from the manga was a good idea. But that's for a different show.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure there are. It's just a general philosophy. It, <laughs> I, there are exceptions to every rule. But in this case, one of the big appeals of the anime is that it... Takes advantage of the narrative, and maybe to a lesser extent, the characters of the original comic, but updates the visuals and provides a more kinetic action that is only implied through the manga. And no filler. Yeah, and to stray from the... And no
2: uh, entire episode of a character basically running in place, please. There is no... even the animators admitted that that wasn't. Everyone who has watched the episode that and it irritates me is that yeah, no, they were stretching for time.
0: Yep, but there is no episode, but there is no series of episodes where Aaron gets uh, shipped off to be part of different Survey Corps units to have different adventures that don't impact the plot at all. Aka <laughs> the Aka the school hamster arc,
2: or. Uh, this would probably really irritate. What are we
1: talking about, Naruto? Okay.
2: I for I was about to make a D. Greyman Man joke because I know how Cora uh, yeah. the filler in that anime. <laughs> like,
1: don't get me wrong. Again, uh, straying from the manga would be a little more acceptable in that case because I have no fucking clue what was going on in the manga at a certain <laughs> point.
2: Yeah. Oh no shit, one dead did. man. Huh? dead man. Yeah. Does, does that mean, if, if, we're, if, if everything stays close to the manga, does that mean that season two of One Punch Man might have to feature all the filler the manga's had?
0: Ah, fuck. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like, would they be able to cut out the filler that was in the original source material in order, in order to actually have it be fit more with the actual source material?
1: Becomes, yeah, that's the weird thing when you technically have two separate pieces of source material but so yeah I'm looking forward to that yeah and
2: I think I'll be done with school until I start the next school when that anime comes out so we can probably enjoy it over the summer
0: cool Mm -hmm. anyway that's gonna do it for this week thank y'all for joining us so like I said at the top of the show this is the final anime podcast of 2016 we will be back on da, 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 January twelfth with a brand new episode oh.
2: right before Cora's birthday
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah uh there's a like I'm not just being contradictory when I say thirteen's my lucky number. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, for those who are new to the site or new to the podcast or whatever, uh, end of the year, every year, we take the last two weeks off just as a break. Don't really produce any podcasts outside of the case written article as well as the Let's Watches, so we're still going to be doing uh, the Let's Watches the last two weeks of the year. Uh, That will be Silent Night and Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman,
2: A.K.A. a movie that Asylum would have put more money into.
0: But oddly enough, that but that movie actually might turn out to be one of the better movies we watched this month.
1: Uh, you were having none of Silent Night. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Maybe it's because I went in with absolutely no expectations of anything whatsoever. I mean, I didn't like it, but I wasn't angry.
0: Fuck that movie. <laughs> I guess
2: of the three of us, Deadman is the biggest horror fan. Oh, yeah.
0: Man, we'll be back with our regular run of podcasts uh, starting the week of January 1st. And then we'll be going on from there. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Uh, This is, I guess, actually the final real podcast in 2016. So thank you all for joining us for this year. Uh, It has actually been relatively good on SoundCloud where we host these things, where we've actually started to grow a bit. Not by much, but a bit. There was that one time Brazil accidentally gave us 400 fucking followers. That was nice for a while.
2: <sighs>
0: but now we're back down to double digits. Let's know people have been listening to these. People have been downloading them. People have been liking them. We've had a couple people comment on them. Which is fucking unprecedented. Yeah, thank y'all. 2016, despite how shitty it was. Decent enough for the site. And we'll be back in 2017. Until then, I'm dead.
1: And I'm Cora. And I'm Birdie. See you
0: guys in 2017.